Welcome to the Draft Deeper Podcast. This is your host, Nathan Grubel. Joining me as always is my producer, Kevin Black. And on the other end, this is the first prospect interview that we have on the Draft Deeper platform so far. Many more to come. But I want to welcome in Jordan Hall to the podcast, St. Joseph's guard, who is going to be testing the NBA draft waters. We're incredibly excited to, to have him on. Somebody whose name has been gaining some buzz in draft circles over the last few weeks. Um, this interview is, is being done courtesy of Simon Rath, Ad Hoc's drafter, who you heard on our last podcast, as well as Jordan's agent, Jordan Cornish, setting everything up. Jordan, I want to ask you, how are you doing, my friend? Are, are you excited to, to be on the podcast, talk a little hoops? I'm definitely excited. Um, it's my first time actually doing a podcast, so see how it goes. Absolutely. It's it, it it's it's pretty natural. We're we're gonna get this done, my friend. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So um I wanna connect with you first. I wanna give our audience a little bit of a background of of where you came from. You you probably don't know this, Jordan, but um I, I'm very familiar with the Philadelphia area. I went to, to Temple as a journalism graduate. Um and, and one of my projects as a journalism student my senior year, I actually did a story over at Newman Goretti when, uh, when um, Quade Green was actually coming out and getting ready to, to go to college. So uh, very familiar with, with your high school as well as the college that you come from, um, St. Joe's. Why don't you tell me a little bit about playing high school basketball for Newman Goretti in Philly? Was, was it an easy choice for you to stay close to home and um, attend St. Joe's for your freshman year? What, what was that process kind of like? Why did you choose to go to St. Joe's? Um. It was it was definitely an easy process. Uh, my process was very unique. Um, I didn't take an official visit to St. Joe's, but I got cut short because of COVID. Um, I committed the day after my unofficial. I just felt I really liked the, uh, the coaching staff. Felt like a family to me, and it was close to home. So checked all the boxes. You'll definitely get that vibe from from any Big Five school. Um, sh shout out to all the Big Five schools. I certainly enjoyed my time as a student in Philadelphia and definitely as an uh, as an alumni member, kind of going back and, and scouting at some of these schools. It's definitely an enjoyable experience for me. So I'm I'm glad to hear that it was an easy process for you to to stay in the city and and show the city of love so, some love. Not to get too cheesy, but um, so let let's talk about. You are going to be testing the NBA draft waters. Um, what makes you feel that you're ready to specifically test those waters and, and professionally get a potentially get a start to your professional career? Um, basketball is just like basketball to me. So honestly, uh, I just think it's all confidence and I think I can play at the highest level. So you test the water and see how it goes. Well, one way you're definitely going to be able to showcase some of your skills besides uh, what we have of your freshman season at St. Joe's, we'll, we'll get into to your game and breaking down some of that in a second. But um, you are going to be a part of the USA U19 training camp roster, uh, which is, first of all, congratulations. That's an incredible accomplishment for, for any young man. So I definitely want to say that to you. But I do want to ask you, how honored are you specifically to be on that roster? And what are you looking forward to most about that experience because certainly a lot of excellent players have passed through the USA 19 program. Um, it's a blessing uh, to be able to represent my country. Um, not many people where I come from in South Jersey got the opportunity to do that. So 
it's definitely a blessing to have that USA across my chest. Absolutely. It certainly should be looked at as an honor for, for anybody. And, and, and I'm really excited to see you in that type of environment because as I was really going back and starting to dig, dig into your game, um, what, what really caught my eye, not necessarily that you're a St. Joe's guy, you're, you're close to home for me to, to be able to evaluate, but um, Brian Kobralski, who is a, a, a USA Today journalist, had a tweet that he put out regarding some company that you were in from this season. I want to read you the tweet quickly. I know you showed it, but we'll, we'll read it off here, certainly for my audience, and I want to get your reaction to it. So since 2008, here are all of the freshmen, six, seven or taller, with an assist percentage greater than 20%, a defensive rebounding percentage greater than 15%, and at least eight three-pointers attempted per 100 possessions. It's Cade Cunningham, it's RJ Barrett, and it's yourself. Jordan, that is incredibly elite company to be a part of when you consider where those guys got drafted, as well as how they're either going to perform in the league or the level that they're already at. So how do you feel about being mentioned um, amongst that kind of company with, with some of those accomplishments you've had in only one year in college? Um, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's definitely a blessing to be mentioned with those, with those guys. Um, those guys are elite at what they do. Um, I'm just trying to become elite at what I do. So it's definitely, definitely a blessing to be with them. Great company. Absolutely. And you certainly have intrigue. Um, re re regarding yourself, um, I want to dig into your offensive game a little bit. So obviously your size and ability to handle the ball as a guard really stand out, right? The NBA is always looking for what I like to call jumbo playmakers. And in theory, you fit that mold, right? There, there are parts of your game to, to definitely polish and improve upon, but to have the ability you do for as young as you are, um, your draft case shouldn't be dismissed by any means. So before I kind of run and run down a little bit of what I like about your game, why don't you tell me a little bit, um, how do you kind of view your, your offensive game? How would you explain how you impact the game yourself offensively? Um, well, one, I think I'm a pass first point guard, six, eight point guard. Um, I like to make others around me better. Uh, it, to me, it feels better to, get that assist and make that one more pass to the teammate and get that open shot then to come down and take a shot myself. Um, so, yeah, I just, I like to make others around me better. And that makes me feel, makes me sleep better at night. <laughs> no, that, that's what, that's what the NBA game is, is all about. It's about making the smart read, kind of being a, a pass first player and then taking opportunities to score uh, away from the defense when you have them. Definitely. Um, so, I guess one of Simon's questions, unfortunately, he couldn't join us on the podcast, but he had a really good question that he would have asked you. And, and I want to ask you this question as well. Um, who are some of the guys that you kind of watch and, and study specifically offensively who you might look to to model your game after? Because I have a few names in my mind in terms of guys who I think you could at least be like at the next level. But I want to definitely get your opinion on that, too. Um, I watch a lot of Kyle Anderson. I've been watching him since I was in high school. Uh, I watch Luka Doncic. I watch Kevin Booker. I like to watch a lot of like not most athletic guys. Because me myself, I'm not one of the most athletic guys out there. But you know, got to know how to use my body and play to play to my strengths. I'm I feel glad. like those guys do it very well. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the the Kyle Anderson name because he was absolutely one. I was going to kind of give a direct comparison. Too, uh, because when, when I'm kind of watching 
especially later on in the year, I definitely felt like you had a better grasp of the offense overall. You were much more confident in getting the ball down the floor and, and quickly getting into a set and, and making the right read. It's not necessarily taking you as much time to be able to make um, the next pass or, or initiate the right play within the offense. Um, that That's definitely a name that comes to mind. Somebody who is a big playmaker, doesn't rely on athleticism to necessarily beat anybody to a spot, but he kind of just sees everything happening in front of him and he he's able to see it. That's why they call him slow-mo. They, he literally sees everything in slow motion and he's able to execute the right play at the right time as a good command over the ball. Um, but I think you have a chance, at least offensively, um, Jordan, to, to be a little better than Kyle Anderson at the next level. And the reason why, um, I didn't hear you mention this name, but your jump shot, I don't know if you've heard this before or not, maybe I'm the first person saying this to you. Your jump shot reminds me so much uh, of Michael Porter Jr.'s. You have a very sweet stroke from three, whether you're shooting it off the catch in the corner, whether you're pulling up for an outside jumper off the bounce, your stroke is very reminiscent of his. And I think especially when you saw in your conference statistics, you definitely upped your three-point percentage. You're about 39% in conference play. That's a really good number to be at, especially for a freshman guard. Um, you, you watch you watch any of Michael Porter Jr. out there in, in, in Denver? Have you ever heard that kind of compliment about your shot before? Actually, that was the first time. Um, but, I mean, it's not it's not bad company at all. He's elite at what he does. So, I mean, I'll take the compliment. I appreciate that. Absolutely. And I, I think that's one way that you can definitely come in and impact the game. When, I, when I'm talking about um, prospects coming into the draft and, and then being able to find their way in the NBA, it's not necessarily that um, young players have everything figured out day one when they're stepping into training camp. It's about what are like one or two ways that they can impact the game right when they're coming in to be able to earn minutes to get themselves on the floor to then develop a lot of those other skills. And I think your shooting is actually arguably your most underrated attribute um, for, for as much as you are a pass first guard. And that's an incredibly important skill to have with you being the size that you are six, eight, able to see over the defense and make everyone's lives easier. I definitely think that you can be an effective shooter in multiple different situations. Um, I don't know if you were aware, but some of your synergy percentages, particularly on the offensive end, you're in the 93rd percentile in terms of um, scoring off handoffs. So that's a really easy thing for NBA teams to have you come in and do run you off a screen and even when I'm watching a lot of your, your shot mechanics off of those handoff situations, either on just like a regular catch and shoot or like I said, off a handoff, you're always ready to have the ball in your hands and you're ready to go up immediately and rise and fire. And that's another reason why having a jump shot reminiscent of Porter's, um, the fact that you get the ball up high and out quick um, at your size, that's not easy for any defender um, to guard or, or block your shot. And that's going to hold true at the next level. So I definitely think that's a way that you can impact the game very positively. And you talked about the passing ability uh, where, where I think it's really evident. And, and I want to ask you, this has always been a part of your game and something that you've always gone through, Jordan. Um, you were in rare company in terms of your, your post-up efficiency. You were in the 92nd percentile in the country in post-ups, including passes, one of my favorite metrics and then the 84th percentile scoring out of post-ups. So that's an element to your game that I don't necessarily think defenses are, are planning around all the time anymore, but something you can do to throw a defense off at the next level. Have you always been, been posting guys up like that? Has that always been an effective thing for you to go to? Um, no. Actually, uh, my senior year is Coach Arago from Newman Gritty. Um, 
started putting me down there in the post a little bit more, and I just got more comfortable with it. Started going there whenever I realized I had a mismatch or a smaller guard on me, and just translated to college. Uh, translated to college actually a whole lot more. Um, so me being how big I am and being a point guard, majority of the game I have seen a smaller guard. So it's just worked out. Yeah, and that's, that's another thing about the pro game, too, is being able to, to take advantage of mismatches where you have them um, and being able to back down a smaller guy, as you said. If you're 6'8", and an NBA team's playing you at the guard spot, chances are you're going to have somebody smaller on you. So if that's an, a dimension that you can bring into the NBA game, and then especially passing out of those double teams when, when those are thrown at you, being able to find the open man from the post, that's such an effective way to play basketball no matter what kind of style an NBA team is, is trying to play today. That's still a really efficient way for you to generate offense, both for yourself as well as for others. Um, but, but your numbers across the board and play types, including passes, right out well. You were in the 56% in pick and rolls, including passes, and the 51st percentile in isolation, including passes. So basically, whatever play type an NBA team would want to have you would want to put you in if you have the ball in your hands, generally you're able to make something happen with it. And as you kind of described about yourself, you being a pass first player, you want to make everybody around you better. I definitely see that that's something that you're going to be able to do for sure. And I'm incredibly excited about that aspect of your game. Um, defensively I, I, is where I definitely think your game is, is the most raw right now. But at your size, it's easier for you to minimize any negative impact related to a lack of elite foot speed or, or quickness if you're able to, to process the game and beat guys to their spots regularly. Um, and that actually showed in the numbers where you rank defending around the basket. Um, I, where where do you feel that you're at specifically, Jordan, with your defense? What are you kind of looking to improve on on that end of the floor as you head into the NBA? Um, every part of defense, honestly, every aspect of it. Um, I always believe there's always room for improvement, but on the defensive end, I mean, I can get my feet faster. I need to get more physical. I need to get stronger. And I mean, once I fill up all those boxes, I feel like I'll be a better defender. Yeah. And, and I learn, and, and I learn how to get you my length too. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely le leverage your size to your advantage. Um, and, and I was going to, I was going to lead into it after you answer that question that I kind of use this example all the time, but, um, you, you being a Philly guy, I, I, I hope that you're, are you a Sixers fan? Um, yeah, a little bit, somewhat. I root for him. I want him to win. I, I definitely know you have to follow him enough to, to know Tobias Harris um, and, and being sure. able to definitely take things away from his game. He's really not the quickest footed defender either, um, but he, he's all, he's also six, eight. He's someone who's able to impact the game on that end and, and come out around average to slightly above average because he's attentive and he plays with force. He doesn't let anyone back him down on the block and he shows aggressiveness and then cleans up the glass on a miss. Um, and when he's involved in like a pick and roll set, for example, he knows the coverages and where he has to position himself and he doesn't look lost. Um, and when you're on an island against great ball handlers and scorers in the NBA, eventually there's only so much you can do um, right against some of these excellent offensive talents that the, that the league has. But as long as you play with grit and toughness, especially with size, there's generally a reasonable outcome to, to be had. Um, do you kind of feel the same way as far as the kind of impact that you can bring on the defensive end? Do you think that's a, a decent model for, for you to think about and, and, and excel to? Yes. Um, Tobias didn't even cross my mind, but that's 100%. Um, whenever I go to a Sixers, I'm always like to watch him and the little things he do because I realize that he's not as athletic as everybody else. He's been since Edmonton's guy, but he's 
on the floor for a reason he's an NBA starter for a reason should have been an all-star. I mean, that's not easy to do. Not easy. So for him, six eight, not athletic. It's hard, man. Just watch how he uses his body, uses his size. Kind of compares him a little bit. So I try to pick little things from him. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that name up too, because that name didn't cross my mind. Yeah, the 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 NBA is an an incredibly hard game to to excel at, and I say that all the time when I'm talking to people. Um, kind of kind of like the those fans on social media and and everything in between that want to be hard on some of the young guys coming into the league. They don't realize how hard it is to even put yourself in position where you are. I know you haven't even been drafted yet, Jordan, but the the amount of time and effort and dedication you put into getting better at the game of basketball that the common man doesn't understand that. So. Um, yeah, that's absolutely apt to, to find comparisons like that because there's a story for everybody in the NBA. Everybody takes a different path to get there. So um, there, there's always ways to, to improve your game, and there's always a model to, to be able to follow in, in some aspect. And um, some of the things that I highlighted for you, I definitely think that you'll be able to make contributions for, from day one, and then hopefully your career is going to be able to take off from there when you do get an opportunity in the NBA when that is. But um, I, I didn't write this question down, Jordan, but I, I'm very curious as to what your answer is because um, freshmen coming in this year had a rough time as it was making that transition from high school to college in general. But especially with everything related to COVID, um, some of the issues that that presented to, to your St. Joe's team, specifically along with a number of other teams around the country, um, how that can stunt your growth in terms of chemistry you're able to build over a full-length season with your teammates. That definitely plays a part into it, but as well as missing the crowd. Like, like I was at the Sixers game the, the other night, and honestly, man, it warmed my heart to be able to be amongst the full arena again with, with all of the fans cheering and going crazy and the energy that it brings to you guys on the court. Um, how do you feel that a, a, a COVID-impacted season um, – did ultimately impact your development as a player, whether it was positive or negative? What was kind of your experience going through that type of season? Um, I mean, there's pros and cons to everything. Right? I can't say that it negatively affected me because I feel that I had a good season as a freshman. I can say in the beginning of the year, being starting point guard on the division team, being thrown right in the fire, I, it was a little adjustment. Like our first game, we opened up the Auburn. Second game, Kansas down there at the Fort Myers tip-off. Um, it definitely was an adjustment if you watched. I mean, I didn't do that well. Um, but as the season went on, uh, and I adjusted, got better, watched other, uh, watched other players play. Um, and that's just how it went from there. Um, I mean, I can't really say what a real, a normal college season is supposed to look like because I haven't had any, but I haven't been in one college or one year or COVID year. But I can say, like, us not being able to have any scrimmages or anything like that, not being able to scrimmage against each other a whole lot in practice because of COVID, um, it definitely affected you guys, everyone. Yeah, it's tough, man. There, there's a lot of freshmen who, who are potentially in your boat just from the aspect of, um, having a rough start to the season and then kind of having to climb out of a hole, but, but ultimately still have a productive and, and an excellent year. And for you, that was absolutely the case. Like if somebody wants to judge 
your freshman season off of like the first half of the season. Maybe they only caught some of your film in, in that first part of the year. They'd be missing out on the improvements that you showed throughout the season. And then particularly at the end when you strung together a number of really excellent games, including that triple double against LaSalle playing well against Dayton, UMass, that that's impressive stuff, man. The, the A-10 is not an easy conference to, to play in. I know it's not one of your quote unquote power five conferences, but there's still some excellent competition in that conference and it's still D1 basketball. So you're, you're definitely getting your lumps, having to adjust to the college game in general. But um, I, I was really proud with the growth that you showed throughout the entire year, because that's what it's about, right? It's about making adjustments to your game and getting better as the year went on. So I guess my last question before we get into some fun things um, regarding you off the court, Jordan, what, what would be your message to anyone um, who didn't get to see you play in the second half of the year when you had a lot better of your performances? What would you tell them about how you feel you were able to improve your game? Um, how, what was the question again? Yeah, how, how, how would you, let, let's say somebody was evaluating your game, right? And they only got to see you in that first half of the year um, when you didn't have some of your strongest performances. They didn't see you in the second half. How would you pitch yourself to those people regarding how you ultimately finish and how you were able to develop through the course of the entire season? How would you present your case as, hey, I got better in the second half of the year. These are some of the things you might have missed. These are some of the things you might need to go back and watch. Um, I feel like I'm the type of person, type of player that just gets better every day. Um, if I have a bad game, I'm just going to go to the gym after the next day and just work on what I did not very well. Um, I feel like my season kind of says that. I mean, it started off real low. It's got higher and higher each game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, people are just watching the first half and they're missing a whole lot. Absolutely. I agree, man. So before we wrap everything up here, I want to get to know a little more about who Jordan Hall is off the court. I'm sure my audience would as well. Uh, what What are some of the things you like to do in your free time, man? What What, what, what makes Jordan Hall who he is off the court? Well, I mean, this this year is a little different. I'm in Houston right now, but uh, I'm originally from South Jersey, New Jersey Shore. Um, I like to go to the beach, boardwalk, like to be around friends and family, watch movies, play video games. This is, uh, I like to be around good, genuine people, bring good vibes. That that's I, I couldn't have a better answer for for that myself, man. Um, Ke Kevin knows we we're, we're we're good guys who definitely like to have a good time whenever we can. You said you said video games. I gotta ask you, man. What kind of games you play? Play two K. I play Fortnite. I play Call of Duty. Most of the games that are popping right now. But I mean, I wouldn't say I'm very good at them. I just play them a little bit. Maybe my little brother or something comes. But, you you. You and me both, man. I, I I love to get some 2K in, but when I'm playing Call of Duty Warzone with the buds, uh, let, let's let's just say sometimes I gotta rage quit every now and then. So get some back around, but um, another thing too, you're 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 a Philly cat, so uh, around the area, I gotta ask you, man, what's your favorite cheesesteak spot in Philly and why? If you have one, Delosandros. Why Delosandros? Tell me. I just, it is, everything is so good about it. See, I'm not the normal person. I don't get fried onions on my cheese or anything like that. I just keep it simple. Steak and cheese. They chop the steak up. That's how I like it. I don't like big chunks of steak. And the cheese be melted on there just right. And the roll, the roll is everything. 
if you ask anyone from Philly, they're going to tell you the role plays a big part in the cheesesteak. Damn straight, man. So you keep it easy, easy whiz wit. Not, not, nothing no, extra no, on there. No whiz, no whiz. American no cheese. Whiz. American no cheese. Whiz. Okay. Yeah, American cheese. I can get down with the American cheese. The 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 the. I, I guess provolone's definitely popular depending on where you're getting it from in Philly too. I'm not I'm not big like provolone on the cheesesteak kind of guy. I'm either American or, or or I'm fake cheese. I'm 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 trying to give myself a heart attack with that cheesesteak all the way 100. percent But um, definitely, if if you haven't had a cheesesteak from Ishka Bibbles on South Street, Jordan, Ooh, that's Ishka Bibbles. That's my second. That's my second go-to right there. There I it love is. Ishka Bibbles. No, not enough people know about Ishka Bibbles, man. A lot we, of people we, we don't know about Ishka Bibbles. Ishka Bibbles is, is very, very, very good. I don't always They're get not, a beef steak from there. I I'll, I'll, I really like to get a buffalo chicken cheesesteak from there. That That's my go-to Ishka Bibbles sandwich. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Now, no. I, I, I used to like chicken cheesesteaks, but I ain't going to lie. Ever since... I've been getting all the cheesesteaks in Philly. I ain't even touched a chicken cheesesteak in years. Really? Really? Really. Interesting. Interesting. So. They're just, they're, Escobar was in Del Sandra. Their cheesesteaks are just too good for me to go there and get a chicken cheesesteak. I feel like, I feel like that'd be a waste <laughs> of my time. <laughs> The Del, Del Sandro's for sure. Um, Ishka Bibbles, like I said, an underrated spot. Anybody in my audience out there in the Philadelphia area you haven't been to Ishka Bibbles on South Street, give it a try. Do something different from the Jims or the Pats or the Genos. Try try somewhere else off the beaten path a little bit. I promise you, you'll love it. And we got Jordan Hall's appreciation too. That that makes me so happy that you gave that answer, man. That, that, that truly does sure. warm my heart. Um, I'm going to give you another suggestion. Oh, let's before, go. Before please, I go. Please do. Next time you're in Philly, right, in the Philly area, South Philly, you want to go to John Gross Court. Yes. 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 My man. Dirt. Yes. Do you get the, yes. have you gotten a roast pork sandwich from there or are you not a big pork guy? I'm not a big pork guy. I mean, I like roast pork, but the cheesesteaks are so good. I just, yeah. cheesesteaks so good and. They close early, so I don't really get to catch them all the time. They close around like four or five o'clock too, so can't really catch them all the time. But when I do, I get that cheesesteak. Man, let me tell you. I know that pain of them closing early because well, I, I had a friend that, that I was living with at the time when I was still in school. We were planning to to go there. I, I've had cheesesteaks from there, but I wanted to get a roast pork sandwich from there because I wanted to try it because that's what they're supposed to be famous for, right? And we got down there around like six o'clock at night and we come down there. We drive all the way from North Philly down to South Philly. We found out they're closed and I was so upset. We literally had to make time on a lunch during the week to be able to go down there and get a sandwich. I was, I was heartbroken, man, that somewhere hey, like that closed that early. It's all right. It's worth it. <laughs> it's definitely, definitely worth it, man. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I guess I'll, I'll wrap. And I want to ask you this question because I think that there could definitely be a unique answer here. I want to get your perspective. Maybe the answer is just basketball. I don't know. But um, I'd like to kind of ask people, what are your interests outside of basketball, right? Like like when, when your playing days are over at some point, maybe you haven't put any thought into it. Maybe you have. Have you put any thought into what you might want to do outside of the game? Or would you want to find a way to stay involved in, in basketball forever? Maybe like a media position, a front office position, scout. Whatever the case may be, you put any thought into that? 
Um, I haven't put my thought into staying in the game, like being front office, but uh, I am a business major. Well, I was a business major at St. Joe's. Um, I definitely want to invest in a lot of things when after I get to the league and I'm settled in and I have the opportunity to. So just like I want to be in the business, invest, have my own business, things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. De- definitely the, the, the entrepreneurship, the American dream, 100%, my friend. I co-sign it um, for sure. Well, well, Jordan, it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I'm glad we were able to, to talk a little bit, not just necessarily about your game, but about you too. That's something that I want to do a little more of on this podcast because people just listen to the basketball side, but sometimes they don't get to know the players as people. And that's something that, that I definitely want to do more of. So I'm appreciative that you were willing to come on the show. Seriously, it means a lot. Um, do you have any social media channels you, you want to plug for my audience where they can find you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at 2 hog 2 uh, My Twitter is JordanHall31. And uh, yeah. De- definitely keep working hard, man. You, you got a fan in me. That That's the beauty of what I get to do being the podcast that I am. I don't work for a media corporation. I'm not with a team. I can do my own thing and root for who I want to. Um, you're, you're with a very fine agency as well. Be, beyond AM, I got some friends in there. So definitely thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast, Jordan. You got a fan in me. I'm rooting for you, buddy. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And, and to my audience, thank you so much. For, for listening to this podcast, showing us the support that you do. You can find us on Twitter, at Draft Deeper. Subscribe to this wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Definitely stay in touch over the coming weeks. we got plenty of content planned. Um, hopefully, right before you hear this episode, we're also going to be recording a podcast with Bleacher Reports' Jake Fisher. He's going to come on and talk with us about his brand-new book that he wrote specifically about tanking in the draft. It's right up our alley, and I'm so glad that that he wanted to come on the show and share a little bit of information with us. So thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for the content coming. Have a wonderful rest of your week.